What's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to Black, Black by Popular Demand, a podcast dedicated to talking about topics in the Black community. My name is Nev Santana. We have with us Blow Stacks. What's up, Blow Stacks? What's going on, Nev? And we got Steve Love. No, 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 no. You're not going to do that. Today, you must address me as your mighty highness, Steve. Oh, this guy has a God complex. Let's go. <laughs> He's God complex today. We got to deal with him. Um, today's episode, we are talking about language, language in black culture. Anything that comes to mind when you guys think about language automatically? Uh, a method of communication. Um, uh, I think when you think of language automatically, you think of audible language, but I think there are some nonverbal things as well. Uh, nonverbal nuances uh, based on where you are and where you live that kind of guide how you live life. Okay. Do black people speak differently than other races when it comes to language? What do you mean, black people? You're talking about African-Americans? I think this might be very important to point out because that's a great black, question. Fo- black folks is everywhere. That's a great question. I mean, this this podcast is dedicated to all black culture, so we can't you know single out one over the other, uh, so let's talk about let's talk about Americans first. What is, what does it mean to be American? Black oh, are we are we talking about North American? Or are we talk or is it focused solely on the United States of America? Yeah, United. black dudes in Canada don't talk like I talk. B, I listen to the Drake album. It don't sound like me. That ain't me, <laughs> Bruv. Let's use <laughs> Bruv. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a lot of different dialects in the U.S., right? Like, you talk to somebody in Philly, they're going to sound a lot different than, a, you know, a brother from Arizona, from Phoenix. You know, you talk to somebody from Mississippi, they're going to sound different than the brother from Chicago. So, I mean, it's a lot of – the U.S. is unique in that it's got a lot of dialects, and then it's dialects within those dialects, right? Right, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I think it's true. A lot of it depends on the region um, and the influences, economic status. Um, have they been afforded the opportunity to get education? Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think a lot of that factors into it. You know what I love about black language? It allows me to take shortcuts with people in the way that I speak. I don't know if it's lazy. I don't, I don't want to call it lazy, but I feel like it's I can say things and they don't have to be perfectly enunciated. They don't have to be like perfectly communicated. The nuance is picked up by everybody. You just get it. You know, you can say things that don't necessarily work out on paper. But when I say it to you, you know what I'm saying. Kind of like a question when you say nah, uh, nah sorry, kind of like a, um, when you say the statement, nah, I mean. Yeah, you know what right? I mean. Yeah, know what I mean. Nah, it's like, you know what I mean. Like people can literally end every sentence with that. So I go to the store, you know what I mean, and those <laughs> people up there, you know what I mean. But when when I left, you know what I mean, it was more people than when I came, you know what I mean. Like it's crazy how the whole you could end the sentence with that word and it feels fine. 
Yo, listen, okay. you, uh, you lived in, uh, you're from Detroit and you lived in New York. Talk to me about the yeah. differences between the language between those different places where you talk to people. Dude, if you're not from New York and you talk to somebody from New York, the first thing they're going to say is, you sound country. Everything <laughs> is country. <laughs> yeah, coming from Detroit, they're like, oh, you sound country? Where are you from? <laughs> Literally, I think further north than you, truthfully, but. <laughs> It's just different. Um, but I guess maybe it is more rural if you really think about it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a difference. And, you know, New York has its own. It's like like it's like this microbiome of language, you know, and language that just you got all of these different terminologies. And, you know, like the impact of like the the five percenters actually plays a little bit of an impact in the language in New York. It's crazy. I think um, um, as a point of clarification, I think you should also differentiate between New York, the state and New York City. Oh, yeah. Buffalo because, versus New York City is yeah. different. Yeah. Still, sure, that still is New York, but there's a whole different mm. um, whole different reality when it comes to that, too. My bad, Griselda. No, don't, no shots. You know? No shots up there in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't want no smoke. <laughs> I uh, the reason I asked that question before, if you know, black people speak differently, right, than others, um, is because I have another question. I wanted to lead to another question, and this question is: Do you feel like other races try to pick up or take black speech and make it their own? I think that's the method of society in general. Um, there are no original ideas. Everything, um, everything spawns from 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 one another. If 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 you hold true to world history, right? Um, a lot of archaeologists and whatnot will say that there are reasons to believe that the origins of man began in Africa, right? So if the origins of man began in Africa. Then of course everyone's trying to be the African since Africans were the first people around. So I would say yes. Also, you know, especially the the black American, you know, part of our currency is the culture. You know, like we've been like you it's definitely something that we feel we recognize that we could exploit. Maybe not even we recognize, but somebody recognized that their culture could be exploited. So you know, the black experience and, and language in America has been on sale for a long time. You know, you can pick it up at your DVD store back in the day on Netflix, Spotify, iTunes. It's for sale. So, yeah, people do adopt it, you know, and I think a lot of people feel like they own it. <clears throat> what? I just wonder, like, what is it that makes us or the whole language so attractive like what is that what's in it that makes it so attractive is it the culture or is it the actual language is it like not what we say but what we are actually talking about you know so to answer your question yes by by yes i mean all of the above because it's a package <laughs> deal um it's, it's not like it's one distinct thing it's it's it's, it's the whole package like you, you remember you remember back in the day well we, we were pretty young uh, when this is going on, like NWA, right? When um, they were talking about, you know, 
violence. They're talking about police violence. They're saying fuck the police. They're going back after cops or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people thought that was cool. And therefore, they tried to adapt it. You know what I mean? Um, as I was just, I wanted to bring it up. I was kind of like thinking in my head, like, a lot of people see what we do and they say to themselves, you know what, that's cool. I want to be like that. Who, who are these lot of people? A, a lot of white people. And even, you know, black people who come from a different cultural experience, you know, like I didn't grow up in New York, but like the light that hip hop gave me from the music made me start using words. I'm saying done in high school or middle school. I don't I'm not from Queens, you know what I mean? But I wanted that, you know, and then the same yeah. thing with like the music that came from Master P and, you know, the music is is like such a huge like like transference of energy and experience you know i look at my son right now he's literally learning to talk based on mother goose club like they're helping him just through songs he can sing the songs and it's helping him learn words what is so, mother goose club? if you're not a parent you don't know bro it's on <laughs> it's like these are ad- full-grown adults dressed up like children singing children's songs that almost sounds like a sounds crazy it sounds like better a better Teletubbies. I mean, very. It still got an element of creepiness when you think about this thirty-seven-year-old woman jumping around with this overly blonde, almost styrofoamish wig. It's kind of creepy, but the songs are good, and they're helping him to learn. So, you know, music is a, is a vessel that can really carry language and help spread especially you know nuances you know it's easy to remember um let me let me talk let's talk about one thing it's kind of switching from music to this is it it, this could be it it happens a lot in corporate right and this code switching um what do you guys think about code switching what comes to mind i mean you kind of have to code switch right because i think like we said earlier if you're talking in a certain um to a certain group of people you know what i'm saying you know yeah you you know what i'm saying so i don't have to use the most you know well enunciated language and the most socially acceptable terms in order for me to get my point across leave no room for ambiguity and not offend anyone. But I think in a corporate setting, you know, all of those things are not a given. So you need to make sure that everyone understands what you're saying. You know, there isn't any ambiguity about what's going on here and nobody's getting offended. And I guess lastly, you know, people are gonna talk about you when you're not in the room. So you wanna give them as little to talk about as possible. Ooh, that last part is very, very interesting. Very interesting. Steve, what's, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's an adaption of the code, right? Uh, I think anywhere we go, there are these preconceived rules and ideas of, of what is deemed acceptable in those places. Code switching is the ability to, well, someone who speaks multi-languages or understands their environment to adapt in, 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 in said environment. Um, because it's like, you're not going to, if if you go to the supermarket Right, you're not gonna talk to the butcher about stuff. You talk to the 
the gymnast too, right? So it's about recognizing what environment you're in and adapting your speech to uh, said environment. Is code switching a bad thing or a good thing, in your opinion? In you guys' opinion? Um, I, it, I, I think that the need, I think it depends on context, right? Um, because code switching by definition could be just you using more, more than one language um, at a time. So let's say if we're in a room and there's someone who speaks French and, and as, as well, and in attempts for, to me to bring that person into the conversation, I'll speak to you in English, but I also translate to that person in French. That is code switching, right? I, I think where the danger is or where code switching can become negative is um, if code switching is used as a way to diminish yourself or as a way to hide um, one's identity to adapt an identity that is not you, I think that's the danger in code switching. Let me. I concur. Go ahead, though. No, I just said I concur. I, I agree with Steve. Let me um, let's talk about code switching in the corporate environment. And because you, you, Steve, what you just said, you said two things, which is they're 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 both. I agree with both of them, right? The first thing is like you want to code switch so that you can bring people in, make them feel comfortable, which is a good thing, right? Then you have the code switching where someone completely changes their identity, um, mm -hmm. who they are, right? So that they can fit into another environment. They're almost like a chameleon, um, so to speak. Um, what? How do you code switch within the corporate environment without losing your identity? I'm gonna go to set you both says. I think the idea is to again just you know get a like the idea of any communication is for the other person to understand what you're saying as clearly and as succinctly as possible, right? I don't need to over-explain this. I can use as few words to get this point across and you get it. So I think the thing with code switching is that you need to be able to do that in order for the switch to work. You know, and I think sometimes people who might have more of a problem code switching, could it be a situation where they just don't have the ability to communicate that clearly? You know, it's like boiling the yeah, right. Getting a complex, like explaining a complex idea in simple terms to different audiences is a very high level communication skill. Right. right. And sometimes it might be easier to code switch at a certain level of expertise. But as you ascend higher, you need to be well versed in, in the terminology and, you know, the expressions and cliches of that area or industry in order to be able to do it effectively so i think sometimes you might find people who get frustrated trying to do that and you also might find people who are just faking it you know just faking it to make it i um i feel like a lot of people think that code switching when you code switch you have to um sound like a, well, a white person yeah a lot of times when when if we three speak, you know, people will say, "Hey, you don't actually sound black because of the educated educational words that we use, whatnot." You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people, when they they get into a corporate environment and they have to co go ahead and code switch, I feel like they think to themselves, "You know what? Like, I don't want to sound white. I don't want to change who I am. Therefore, I'm not going to go ahead and um, 
and closer. See, I thought you had a burning, something burning in your if, heart. Yes, if 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 I if if I could interject and say, a lot of people are idiots. Um, <laughs> a lot of people they feel these things because of fear, <laughs> right? Right. Because uh, they're operating in a world that they don't know, so they hold on to what they know, and and that is whatever identity that they have deemed for themselves in the first place, right? And oh, I have to be so tough this time, because my it's either my way or no way, right? Um, I, I think that a lot of people that you speak of are, are people who probably haven't done the interrogation of themselves to understand who they are, right? Sure, you can be the same person, but you can just reveal said personality in different fashion, different ways, right? The same way you're, you're yourself to, to your, when, you, when you talk to your boys or when you're talking to your girl, it's still the same person, just that your way of expression is different, right? But you tell a lot of people that they're dumb and they're idiots, Mm-hmm. You know, I think, too, like a lot of it has to do with tonality, you know, because sometimes you can speak a certain way, but the it, like, it becomes bogus when you start to hear like certain like changes in tone. Like when your voice, like does your voice get higher when you're talking to certain people? OK, so or do you like put a lot more air in your voice when you're talking to certain people? Like to me, you're trying to like soften the blow of who you are like if you have a deep commanding voice and you're afraid that people are going to interpret it a certain type of way you kind of add air to it lighten up a little bit like that to me is bogus you need to have more confidence in who you are um but i do think some people find it easier to throw a lot more of a tonality change using the same exact words and then they'll feel comfortable talking to other people because they sound more like them. Now that to me is code switching that's whack. And you just then you are just trying to sound white. Um, it's interesting. Well, I, when you're talking about that, um, there's this uh, Jay Z interview, um, and he talks about how he walks into every single room as himself, um, and he doesn't switch up anything. So. I wonder if he if he's saying that he has he he's has lying. he's he's lying. You think he's lying? Absolutely, because everybody switches up no matter what. Because the same way you you talk to people differently. Like if if I'm going to a conversation and I'm talking about rap music, I would pose it different if I'm talking about religion. Everybody switch. He might switch up his personality, but his approach to it probably changes. Interesting. Um, that that interview just I was just wondering in my head like does he is he allowed um, a different type of privilege where he doesn't have to worry about code switching when we do? But you know what it is, though? It's you're allowed whatever the hell you want. If I want to say I don't code switch, I can say I don't code switch. I might do it, but I don't. This, I, I think I think people like Jay-Z just prove to, you can do whatever you want in life. You can say whatever you want in life. Yeah. I don't identify as someone who code switches. That's... <laughs> Throw that one out there. I, I think too, like with Jay Z, right? Like he's like when Jay Z walks into a room, nobody wants to buy the guy behind the scenes. They want to buy Jay Z, right? Like they right. want him and and his whole hoveness, you know. So like, I think for a lot of other people, they have a insecurity around like what people want from them. Do they want my credentials and what maybe they see on my resume? Or do they really want? me for who i am and the value that i personally bring to the table um i think once you can come to terms with the fact that those two things aren't necessarily different 
you can take a lot more ownership in how you talk to people and how you bring your own full identity to the table because there's value there. And you don't need to water it down just because somebody maybe doesn't get it. I mean, you can explain it to them, but like the more you can be your full self, I think the more value you bring to the world. Because if you're just being the guy who's already left the room, what the fuck is the point? We already met him. You know, I already know. I saw him already. Why do you want to be somebody else? <clears throat> be the person that we don't know. That's valuable. 100%. I was talking to, uh, this is, I had a conversation a while back uh, with a couple of friends. And I said, you know, to someone, I said, listen, man, I, the reason why I chill with other people is because they're other people. Like, <laughs> if I wanted to, if I wanted you to be like me, I, I'd chill at home by myself. You know, like, the reason why I go out there and chill with other people is because you're different and I can learn something differently from you. You know what I mean? You know, what's funny is I had the complete opposite way. I chill with other people so I can keep my great, my good gracious so I can educate people about me. <laughs> they I, need more Steve. They, they need, need Steve. More, they, you need me. You know, you need um, me in these streets. I want to talk about a term that um, gets kind of thrown around a lot. Uh, we, and we talked about a lot in within our culture and it's called the culture vultures i think the term culture vultures is an interesting one i also like like the end of it the vulture part like a vulture eats something that's dead you know like it's already dead so if somebody's coming up and wants to eat the dead parts of the culture go for it but you always be lagging you know you'll never be at the forefront and you'll never be able to succeed without me if all you can do is eat my leftovers. So in that respect, I don't have a problem with the culture vultures. You know, they're part of the ecosystem. I think, you know, the problem is when people don't add that vulture part and they just call themselves a part of the culture, even though they are a vulture, you know? Yeah. But yeah. they try to position themselves as innovators and as leaders of the culture when, in fact, they're actually pawning off someone else's ideas and identities as their own without giving that person to do credit. That's some bullshit. Would you, would you consider that to be culture appropriators? Yeah. They're probably, yeah, that's more of an appropriation. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Okay. Mr. Love. I don't understand the difference between culture, culture appropriators and culture vultures. Like I know Blosack explained to me, it, it all makes no dang sense to me. Right. <laughs> because everybody takes from everybody. Right. The original vultures is probably Christopher Columbus. Who came to America and stole from the people? Like, oh, how do you discover a world that was already that's already been there, right? And then you start to appropriate all these spices and different things as your own. And then, like, you can go later on and say, like, at the turn of the century, black people were culture vultures. Why? Oh, that's probably it's probably a hot take. But think about it. We try to take we try to take the American dream, but how? It's not our dream. It's a dream of the white man that that oh to have four um to have. To, 2.5 kids in a house, right? But that's not for us. I think everybody's just everybody, right? It's in the end, who's profiting? You know who's profiting? The big corporations. They're the real vultures, right? Because they tell us, oh, you need to do this. And then they'll tell you things like the beers, who tells men that, oh, if you love a woman, then you must save three months' paycheck for a woman to buy her a ring. Would. Which, which will have no type of value, right? 
but that has become so a part of our 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 custom society that people think it's true. And then they make you spend the obscene amount of money on marriages and weddings for freaking what? To throw a big party for your friends and family to show off? For what? For the culture. And all you're trying to do is adapt to people who don't give a dang about you. Yo, Steve, it sounds like you want to go live on the moon by yourself. Man. Nah, you do, Steve. He had one in him. It was coming. <laughs> At some point during the show, Steve's going to give it to you. Steve's going to give it to you. <laughs> now, I mean, you, everything you said is 100% right. Does that at all apply to language? No, not at all. But <laughs> it's 100% accurate, right? It's 100% true. It's funny, too. I know this is even more of a tangent. But, like, you think about a ring and diamonds. They don't really have a ton of, like, actual intrinsic value. They're not very utilitarian. But we assign a value to them. And you, I think sometimes about, like, it's just a part of the game that we play in life. It's a game. It's random things sometimes assume value. Like, I mean, if you look at crypto right now, like, I mean, granted, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get every freaking Ethereum and DeFi head tweeting me or whatever. But I think, you know, some of it's just we want it to be valuable so we can make it valuable. So we say it's worth this, you know. Or the powers that be wanted to be valuable, whatever. And and to tie that into into language, right? Is we are the ones who give um language value, um like the the same way that there are certain words we can't say, like see you on Tuesday, or some people can't say the N word. All those are things derived from what we have given life to it. Who can't say cunt? I can say cunt. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Who can't say that? Yeah, Billy, uh, this, uh, this podcast is for the kids. I'm reckless. <laughs> the kids ain't listen to this. Tell me the kids who listen to the podcast. That's a terrible life. The Go kids. outside. If you listen to this podcast and you under the age of 13, 16, go outside. Get on your bike. Go outside. You can't listen to this podcast. No, nah, it's an interesting thing, man. Like, what everything you guys are saying is, is so true. Like, the whole, man, the whole idea that we put a ring on someone's finger to represent that they are, you know, taken is an interesting thing to me. You know, like, like you're taken by me, therefore I put a ring in your finger. And like, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I would rather buy you a car or a house and then have that, but you got to buy that as well. You, you, you can't have one or the other. You have to buy all of them together. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound terrible, right? Oh, but and this is a complete off tangent. Is all it shows you that institution of marriage is about business, but that's beside the point. No, it is. I, a, I, well, hold on. As the only married man on this podcast right now, the only man. First off, let me say this: like when you buy your wife a ring, it's not even. It's you know what it is. Is it's a social pressure. It's just okay when she goes around her girls. How shiny is this thing going to be? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be impressed? Are they going to look at this and say, okay, you got a good one? Or are they going to be like, you know what? You still, let me give you Jermaine number. He's still single before you make a decision. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like they're trying to, it's just like a, it's like a symbolism of how secure your life with me will be. Yeah. You know, like if, if all goes to shit, there's still $7,000 on your hand. We can use that. <laughs> you know, I, can, <laughs> I know somebody we can buy. Half a brick of coke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the kids ears. Yeah, right. But um, I think I think that's a, that's a good point, Blowstacks, and thinking about language, right? Is um, people might use language as mile markers to see where someone is at financially, right? Mm. Because on one spectrum, the better they speak means they probably have a better job that uh, that can afford you a better life, right? Or like, dang, like this guy doesn't speak well, but oh, he's a rapper. He can use his language to um turn make ends meet for me uh whatever it is um a lot of it is is is, it shows you what's the driving factor a lot of things in our lives is driven by money we're all doomed and think about it this way too when 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 a marriage ends it's oh i don't want my love back no it's give me my money back let's split a property people don't you people don't dish out love again get out of here well i mean but think about this right (laughs) because money Steve is always the best. So, like, if you think about money, though, right? What is money outside of just a like a quantitative, you know, way to package time? You know, like every dollar is at least in a capitalist society, right? This is time spent creating value or exchanging value or arbitrage, whatever, right? So, like, when you think about a, a divorce, you're like, damn, I can't get my love back. I can't get my time back, but I can get a representation of that time back through money, right? Because when you go to the store and you buy Starbucks, they might as well say, okay, um, this is 0.73 hours of work. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's how we generate our money for the most part. Can I can I talk about can I talk about divorce real quick? Real just real quick. I, I I'm not mad. The origins of the term divorce. <laughs> I want to talk about divorce real quick. And I have a fundamental problem with the government telling me how much I got to give whoever I was with. You know what I mean? I don't, I have a huge problem with you telling me. Yeah, until you marry Oprah. Then you're like, you know what? The judge said this is what we need to go by. <laughs> But, but that's what it is, though. It's what it's business. You sign a contract with somebody else, which is solidified by government institutions. The same way, if a business were to break up, and you got to divide the profits, you're gonna need government. This is all business. I this has nothing to do with language at all. Yeah, no, it, it does have something. Wait, no, 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 to influence in our lives. No, That's I had a question it's coming. It's about money. I had a question coming. I had a question coming. The question is, this has nothing to do with language at all. What's true love? Oh, come on, Santana. That's a whole separate podcast. What is true love? What's true, true love? I guess true love is be, is willing to sacrifice your own greater, like your own prosperity and the hope of just having this person's company, which I think is a bad bargain. I don't think there's ever a true, if just to get back to marriage, right? Cause I don't think I could explain true love, but I think I can take a stab at marriage. Right. And I want to shout out all of the LGBTQ plus community. Cause they never been like, Hey, this is my wife or my, they're like, this is my partner. This is my partner. We're in business together. The business of life. We are in a, in a what's the other thing they had before that? Before uh, gay marriage was legal, like a, like a some, something, mention it in the comments if if you know what I'm talking about. Domestic 
partnership, domestic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, like I, I think in the in the lens of the pieces of paper, the boxes, the letters, the check boxes, the numbers. Right, that's what it is. It's two people agreeing to be one. You know, I mean, shit. A corporation is a partnership. It is a marriage, really. 100%. You know, you're attaching yourself to this entity. Um, it's his own person. So if it goes out and kills somebody, that wasn't me. Just it only goes so far. If the corporation takes your money, that was the corporation. That was not me. I didn't do that. That was my wife. She did that. I did not do that. I don't. I shouldn't go to jail for that. <laughs> you right. know. Right. But you know that the language of of the legal language is a whole another can of worms. I feel like I feel like true love comes through friendships. Absolutely, uh, I agree with that. Nev, we're not in love, think... bro. You're my friend, but I'm, <laughs> this, is, this is not true love. Oh, I think I I think true love is being able to um, drive out fear within, uh, I guess, like a partnership, right? Because fear fear makes a, makes makes things void, right? So when you have when you in the absence of fear. What you have is respect, um, accountability, partnership, all that, right? Little so, tea. true, true love is actually. Ooh, I got this. So, I, I think what this ties into it's being able to speak in the language of love is what true love is, right? And mm. what what love is? Love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, is not boastful. So it's underst- being able to communicate those things is um is what true love is. Interesting, interesting. Um, let me, let me take it. I want to take it back to us talking about actual language, and let's get off the of love. You know, three guys talking about love. Uh, two guys who are single. Uh, one who's married. We we shouldn't be talking about love. Only Billy should be talking about love. Nah, get out of here. Love is my name. Love equals see love. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm talking about love. It sounds like taxes. <laughs> um, what are some unspoken languages? Well, I, let's just talk about unspoken languages. Period. Like in a black community, but like unspoken languages. Period. If your I head nod my, when you see somebody, like the, 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 if, uh, your head nod. If I raise my eyebrows, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you. Do it like this. Do you guys do that thing? Like when you see another black guy in the uh, in corporate, whatever you do, the absolutely, the absolutely. Uh, yeah, because that means so much. That means like, all right, I see you. You here? You had to do what I had to do. Okay, you made it. All right, we out. We gotta. We need to chop it up later and get the real. You know, I just took a new. I just took a job, <clears throat> and what's the first thing I did? Found him for the brother to talk to. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? You mind if we chop it up real quick? Yes, so glad you grabbed me. I want to tell you how this is going to go. You know, and it just, it was literally just like 30 minutes of a download in another language. It's like, okay, so this is how this is. This is who that is. This is what they're going to do. This is what they want you to think, but this is actually how it's going to go. You know, and it's like having that, it's like a fraternity, it's like a fraternity of like millions of men across the world who share an experience of uh, you know being black in America, like it it's just like being 
It's like being in a car crash with somebody. You guys are linked together forever, no matter what. You know, it's a trauma that, like, gives you some level of solidarity. You know, you know, it's interesting that you say that. You know, I um, want to kind of give personal experience here, right? Uh, we worked at the same company together. Um, and uh, I didn't do that when I I got to, when I came to Chicago and I, I'm, I met you after, you know, and I didn't pull you aside or any other brother aside and say, what's the rundown here? You know what I mean? Um, I think it's an interesting thing. I got a question within this. Um, is that a black American thing? Or am I just clueless? Because I'm a Caribbean American. I think it's I think it's about comfort, right? Some people are more comfortable with other people right, right on the onset, so they're able to have dialogue. Some people, it takes people some time to get familiar and comfortable, then they'll have that conversation. I think I don't think it's a standard thing throughout. I think it all depends on how comfortable you are um, in space and time. I would say too, it's a it's a learned behavior for me. Like it wasn't something I immediately did, but like, you know, I always had like my friends have always been, you know, at least growing up have been people like that are older than me, like the OGs. I gravitate to the guys who like have been there, done that. So. I'm always looking for that in any setting. I'm like, okay, so who is the OG? Who can tell me how this is going to go? You know, whose mistakes can I learn from without having to make them myself? You know, and then it's a different set of mistakes, you know, for, you know, the white guy who maybe hasn't had to endure as much resistance in his life and the path has been laid out pretty clearly versus, you know, someone who might have had to navigate, a, a brother who's had to navigate all sorts of other craziness in their life. So I'm going to go with the one whose experience seems to align closer to mine, at least in understanding the landscape, you know, but over time, you know, I'm going to reach out to all sorts of people, but first things first, let me find a brother, engage with him and then, you know, levels and set my baseline. Okay. Now where do I need to go? I think, I think to speak on Nev's behalf, right. As, as I, as I now function as Nev's, um, Nev's attorney and agent. Uh, Let's go. I, I think I think the reason that's being too is also cultural background and the language of New York, right? In New York, you're taught it's everybody for himself. You don't trust anybody, so you go in, you do what you got to do, and that's it. Like, um, it's it's tough. Like you're in a whole new environment. Your mind is not geared towards connecting with other people because your initial reaction is. I need to figure out how I'm going to survive first. It's about me, 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 me. Um, there could be no us unless there's a me. So uh, uh, until you're able to feel solidified and this is someone that you can trust, then you probably have to set dialogue with an individual. Thank you, agent and attorney. I do appreciate uh, you explaining that very eloquently. Um, it's true though, you know, you come from New York, right? Like you have the mentality of every man for himself, and you think to yourself, everyone's my competition. Everybody's my competition. You know, Losat's my competition. Steve loves my competition on this podcast. What's up? And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of, you kind of like, you kind of go at every single single situation um, like that. And I think um, it's an interesting thing because it shouldn't 
be like that. I, I don't think, I think we should work together, you know, a whole lot more. And um, that mentality that you have, both sides, where you go into an environment and you look for the brother and you say, yo, let's work together so that we can figure this out together. Not like you work on your own, I work on my own. We come to separate conclusions, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to go ahead and work together. And I think, you know, as I think about Black people, I think that we should try as much as possible to do that, work together a whole lot more so that we could go ahead and come out of this situation together. Um, the whole idea of crabs in the barrel, you know what I mean? Like, like they're just clawing at each other's backs trying to get out. It's like, how do you work together to get out, you know? Yeah, that's a slave mentality, man. I really, yeah. truly believe the idea of the crabs in a barrel thing is like, that came from slavery, and we got to shake that, you know? And it's just slowly dripped into society, maybe even purposefully. How do we uh, unify language? Or it should it be done? Should it be it done? Can't. It's not plausible to unify language. Um because there's so many different there's so many different parts of it, right? I I think one thing we could probably unify is intentions to have good mm-hmm. intentions, but you'll see one thing what the way different than the way I'll see it or blow stack see it in a different way. Um, but hopefully it's it, it comes to the same result, a positive result. But I don't I don't think there ever could be a really unified uh language. Yeah. It's too much interpretation. But I mean, like if you really think about the essence of communication. <laughs> It's just interpreting sounds right, to, you know, connect them to an idea. So that interpretation, that human element of interpretation <clears throat> is always going to fragment language in some shape or form. It's always going to be fragmented in some way. But I will say, like, language in a lot of ways is pretty unified right now. Right. Like you you're not going to at least when you're speaking the same root language you know when i'm talking english even though i may not know the exact ins and outs of the dialect in the bronx if i'm from you know new mexico when i get there i don't have i'm not gonna have a problem creating a way of life and then slowly understanding what those idioms are you know and then the same holds true if i'm from philly and i moved to detroit like you're gonna survive so i think in that way language is very unified um but I think when people are able to do creative things with language and are able to iterate on, you know, older concepts with language, that's valuable. And, you know, that diversity in language, you know, those are poets. Those are songwriters. Those are screenwriters. Those are book writers, journalists. So that's you want to have some diversity in language in order, you know, to recognize excellence. How do we uh how do we teach the language love? Live it Steve Love. Marijuana. <laughs> you got I think I think how 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 you teach the language of love is living by, right? Um by thinking of more than yourself, doing your part, being there for other people, being positive influences, um, and looking to make a difference in society. I think that's how you teach love. And then because it's more of a show it as in how you live life as opposed to saying it. I don't have an answer for that question. I don't know how to teach the language of love. You said marijuana. I mean, if you just I mean, I think 
just different things that take away your inhibitions. You know, a lot of times people don't say what they mean or they're not able to express themselves because they're guarded. So if you can remove some of that inhibition, you know, I don't know, maybe through like a half of, you know, five milligram, 50-50 CBD THC gummy, that'll well, get you right there. You know, I think it was Budget Bonson that said one split away keeps the evil away. You know, but drop, I, I drop the beat. I think <laughs> there, there's a lot of truth in that because that's finding commonality, right? Mm. That's finding something to relate. That's that's what love is. Love is finding something that you can relate and growing and building off of. The peace pipe, right? You pass the peace pipe around, and then you know people can be more here. Hit the peace pipe before we chat. Hit this peace pipe, and then we can talk about. Which part of the buffalo grazing you get versus what I get? You know, we said you was gonna betroth me your first daughter. You didn't. You gave her to the Iroquois. So go ahead. <laughs> Let's hit this peace pipe up so we can talk this out and get to the love. Because right now no, we're heated. Random, but when I lived in Argentina, um, do you guys know what mate is? Yes, I remember mate well. Oh. <laughs> Who is Mate? I think I went to middle school with Mate. Yo. Was his full name DeMonte or Steve? Talk talk to the people about your experience with Mate. Mate, I'm pretty sure it's a drug. It's like, oh. a high caliber drug. So I remember Nev. So it had like this little, little tin cup. And you're supposed to drink it with like water or something like that. But Nev took juice and yep. put juice in it. And then me and my friend Randall drank it. And I could not sleep for two days. <laughs> like, I laid in bed. It was like 7 o'clock. I was just staring at the wall. And I got class at 8 o'clock. I couldn't sleep for days. Yeah, so what I was saying about Mate. So that so that version of it is called Terere. Um, and, you know, what they do is they take this, uh, it's, uh, this leaf or this herb and they put it in a cup and they put the juice in it and you take this special straw that's a block out here i don't know if that's ever going to go away that's a block and busy anyway anyway um they, it's like you, you you drink this uh this herb or whatever and it it gives you it's like coffee it gives you this like Extra Wait, is this like yerba mate? So yerba yerba mate is from oh, okay from mate, yeah. Yerba mate, yeah. Um, that's what it is, exactly what it is. Um, and so they canned it and now they sell it, you know, because they saw a lot of benefit in it. So there's a lot of caffeine in it. Anyway, what I was saying before is that people what they do in Argentina is that they sit around in a circle and they just drink mate together. And he passed around the mate, and it's love, all love. Also, think- sounds like a super spreader event. Be careful. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> probably right. Probably right. Um, cool. Um, language is great. Um, love that we talked about it. Uh, you guys have any finishing thoughts, closing thoughts about language before we sign out here today? Say what you mean and mean what you say. Ooh. That's a wrap, guys. That's a wrap. <laughs> that that right there. Say, 
Say it again. Say it one time. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you all. Don't forget, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Black by Popular Demand. Leave comments so that we know that you're real and we know that we're not just talking to ourselves, okay? And also, don't forget to uh, check us out on, on different podcasts, Spotify. What are this podcast, uh, podcast guys? Uh, what, what, what's out there? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Apple. SoundCloud. Stitcher. Stitcher, uh, Google, Google Podcasts, Patreon. Don't forget about Patreon. All right, cool, Only fans. <laughs> no, no, maybe not. Catch us on OnlyFans. Audio only. <laughs> <laughs> you can just imagine what I'm doing right now. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Peace out.